Well, I am almost 100%. My voice is way better. The only thing I have been watching is I finished Squid Game, and I have been watching Only Murders in the Building, and that's it. Uh, I've been real busy. I tell you what. I watched Squid Game twice, once by myself and then once with the kids, because they wanted to watch it with dubbing, which is just awful. Oh, God. I just, as of like 20 minutes ago, finished season three of You. Wow, you flew through that. Yeah, I started out like yesterday, the day before. I don't know. I've watched a couple every day. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I don't know. It was very cringy. The very first episode was amazing. Then the rest cringe, 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 cringe. And then the end was pretty good. So I don't know. But anyways, that's about it. All my other shows finished. Scenes from a Marriage, Nuclear Family, Made. I finished all those like last weekend. So that's it. That's all I've been watching. Well, and I haven't watched the newest American Horror Story episodes. I just haven't had time. But that's going to be over pretty soon. Maybe this week. God, I hope so. It's really stupid. <laughs> I'm... It's real stupid. I'm caught up and it's real stupid. <sighs> All right. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to That's So Original podcast. I'm Kelly. I am here with Tiffany. Hello, Tiffany. Hello. Hello, hello. And we are talking about Midnight Mass. This is the third episode. This is called Book Three Proverbs. And this episode is wild. It's packed full. We get a lot <laughs> of backstory. A lot yeah. in this episode. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on here. All right, I think it's my turn to start us off. Sure. So I don't remember. I don't, I'm going to, I think, I'm going to dive right into it. Here we go. All right, it's late at night, and we're inside the church, and Father Paul is walking around the sanctuary. We don't really know when this is, but we found out very quickly that this is before he has even made his official introduction to the congregation, and he ends up in the confessional. He says, bless me, Lord, for I have sinned. And then he's like, No, that's not right. Bless me, Lord, for I am going to sin. He said, tomorrow I'm going to introduce myself to the church and lie about Monsignor Pruitt. I won't tell them that Pruitt was a lot sicker than they thought when they sent him on that trip. And we're seeing scenes of Monsignor in the Holy Land looking really confused about where he's going, where he is. And another priest grabs him and says, this way, you know, Monsignor, where are you going? And Father Paul is talking over these scenes about how Monsignor Pruitt wandered away from the tour group a lot, and we just see him in these scenes acting super weird and randomly crying, and Father Paul is saying how he's going to tell them he's recovering in a hospital and not tell them any of this in order to prepare them for what's to come, for the miracles that are to come. And now we're back to Lisa, standing up and receiving communion. She turns around, walks back to her mom and dad. The whole congregation is standing and celebrating. It's like the sound is very muted. It's all kind of in slow motion. Bev is like staring at Father Paul and he coughs and then boom, we're back to normal speed, normal sound and he walks out of the sanctuary so i guess nobody else gets communion that day and he (laughs) runs outside the back of the church and bev is following him like father what's going on he looks awful he's running like he's had bad taco bell that's what oh my god he's grabbing his stomach (laughs) (laughs) that's what i was screaming the whole time i was watching it and i was like oh father oh boy he had that cheesy gordita that'll get you (laughs) every time and he's 
holding his stomach. He's breathing fast. He runs into the rectory and into the bathroom where he's gagging and spitting into the sink. And we see that he's spit up blood. Bev is out in the main part of the rectory and she's asking, should I call the doctor or what the heck is going on here? And she sees something on the wall and she is fixated by this whatever this is on the wall and we don't know what it is right now but we will eventually find out and father paul walks out of the bathroom seemingly a little bit better than he was five minutes ago i originally thought she was looking at a mirror and that she was noticing that she was like aging backwards like everybody else i thought that but then we find out later that's not what it was Okay, so the Scarboroughs have done the, the correct thing, and they've taken Lisa to the doctor because, hey, she's walking, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> but they're at Doc Sarah's, who has literally no skills. She has no skills. She never does anything she of any... She is a GP, okay, through and through, which is fine. GPs are great, but you don't bring a former paralytic to her and be like, what happened? <laughs> Look at this! All she does is, like, press on Lisa's lower back and, like, where the bullet hole is. And she says, have you had any sensations before today? You know, any idea that this was going to happen? Lisa says, no, she's had some phantom pains, but that's about it. Doc's like, well, the important thing is that you're standing. We're just not going to go into it any further than that. She also gives her a very conveniently placed cane that she just had in her corner. Like, they're, Mm -hmm. like... You just have those laying around. You don't need to go to a medical supply. We have one right here. Their parents are want to know, you know, is this a miracle? What happened? And the doc's like, well, you know, I've heard of spinal injuries healing over time, but I'd really like to get Lisa to the mainland for some more testing, you know, CT scan, something. And this is when the mayor and his wife admit that after the accident, they spent every penny they had going to doctors and ear exp- and doing ear exp- experimental treatments trying to get Lisa to walk again. So at this point, the house that they owned, they now rent. They rely on food stamps and donations from the church just to feed their family. They can't go to the mainland and go to another doctor. They just can't afford it. I was like, does the mayor not get insurance? Apparently not. I wouldn't think so because this is a shitty little town. (laughs) Um, and uh, the mayor also says that it's it seems wrong to second guess a gift from God. So they don't they're not taking her to the mainland. It's just hallelujah. She's she's fixed. Mm. Bye. I, why did they even bother going to the? I don't know. I I feel like everybody in the church was staring at them until they went. Like, <laughs> are you guys gonna go to the doctor? You gonna go? You gonna go to the doctor? Because mm, okay. Well, they leave, and this is when Sarah finds out that once again her mother has gone upstairs. <sighs> this Millie, I tell you what. And she's looking around and she's like, my, this is my room, but it looks different. And Sarah's like, yeah, I know. Get your ass downstairs. I'm sick of hauling your butt back down here. I don't know how, like, how does she get her downstairs? I was, that was, she said, she's like, I don't even know how I'm getting you back downstairs. <laughs> you just put her on a rug and push. It's <laughs> <laughs> just going to say, she just slide her down, like on her butt. Put her on yeah. a mattress and just heave. <laughs> <laughs> After this... Bev is outside the rectory dealing with all the people who have come out of the woodwork to have miracles performed on them. They've heard about, you know, what's happened. And my husband's sick and my daughter's got a cough. Bev tells them that all we need to do right now is give thanks to God and pray. 
father is hiding behind the blinds in the in the rectory, peeking out like I don't want to perform any more miracles you today. Don't want to go out there. <laughs> He'll be performing miracles all day. <laughs> my stomach's upset. I'm not going out there. <laughs> but as he's looking out the window. Behind him is that oil painting of the old Monsignor Pruitt is right over his shoulder. And then the camera, like, really squeezes in tight on that. Like, are you paying attention? Are you paying attention? This is <laughs> important. Get all these hints we're dropping for you. Yeah. So, yay. So, later that night, it's time for AA. Again, I feel like they have an AA meeting, like, every other night. But, I mean, what else has he got to do? So, for real. Whatever. So, Father Paul is talking about the fourth step. And Riley's like, uh, so we're not going to talk about what happened today. And Father Paul's like, sure, yeah, I got a fine. I guess we could talk about it. And he says, look, I'm a rational guy. And there's a lot about myths and religion that I can explain logically. And I could probably explain Lisa's recovery logically. And Father Paul's face through this whole scene, he's just like, oh, that's great. Good job. Good for you. <laughs> Except... One thing, Riley says, you had to know she could walk. You went up the stairs and beckoned her. What would have happened if she hadn't? That's what we talked about before. Like, what the hell would he have done if, like, she hadn't been able to do it? And he says, this community would have probably put you on the next boat out of here. And father's like, yeah, but she did. So, yeah, like, can we we talk about the fourth step? And Riley keeps pushing. How did you know? How did you know that she was going to be able to walk? And Father Paul says, you know, I could tell you that I had a special connection with her and that when I saw her that day, I just knew, but I don't think that I have an answer that's going to satisfy you. Not you, Riley Flynn. Uh, Wish I could help. So sorry. Anyway, back to the fourth step. I love that (laughs) I put in there like... Riley says, I asked my Google machine if this could happen, and it said it could. <laughs> He's like, he says, don't be surprised if a, a reporter on the mainland contacts you about a story. I was like, fuck yeah, Riley, we're all just River stories right now, okay? We're doing what we can. And Father Paul's like, nah, I don't even think they would care that much. I'm like, oh yeah, Dude. definitely wouldn't care about a girl who's been in a wheelchair for a year just randomly standing up in the middle of church to get communion. I'm, I'm, I'm covering school board stories. That's a pretty big one, so. <laughs> Right. Shut I up, Riley. That would be, I think that would be a big story. I would think so, too. That'd be a feature front page. Mm-hmm. Above the fold. Above the fold. It's very <gasps> important. Mm-hmm. So Lisa is just now strolling through town. <laughs> this, I, this is so ridiculous to me, I can't even. Just strolling through town with Warren on her way to school. Originally, I just said they were just strolling through town, but they're on their way to school. And he's asking her if it hurts. And she says no. But he offers to carry her backpack because, you know, he's a gentleman and all. Meanwhile, the entire town is staring at her and following her like she's a goddamn Pied Piper just down the road. (laughs) There's a whole, like, they're just following her. And Aaron comes out of the school and tells everybody to leave her alone and just get to class. And I was like, calm down, Mrs. whatever your name is. Green. Miss Green. Yes, Miss Green. Chill your nuts. This, okay, this next one is super long because so much freaking shit happens in this bit. Mm-hmm. But, okay, at the Flynn's, Mom Annie is reading without her glasses, very noticeably without her glasses. and Very Spider-Man-ish. Yep. <laughs> and Dad gets up and he's putting a record on, but as he notices that he's bent over to put the record on, his back doesn't hurt. And, what? So yeah. he grabs Annie's hand and pulls her up to dance and... One thing I really like about this show is all the music is either hymns or, like, Christian rock spiritual stuff that I think is all very interesting. 
I don't know what this. I thought this was a fun little song. I don't. Yeah, know I don't know what it is, but I really enjoyed it. I was gonna put it on my playlist. It was good. So they're kind of cuddling and dancing, and he dips her and he picks her up, and Annie just can't believe it. Like, what happened to her old man husband? The music's playing and they're dancing. We're getting a bunch of flashes of what some of the other people are doing. Warren is in bed when Lisa knocks on his window and beckons for him to come out. So he runs out to join her. Riley is making a list of amends. Step four is taking a moral inventory. Oh. So this was taking a moral inventory. And he's making his list. And I paused it multiple times to see who was on this list. I couldn't read it. It says Natalie. I think it says Danielle S. Father. Jamie S. Mom, Dad, Warren, Aaron, Terabeth. I don't know these people that are keeping him moral. I don't know what the moral inventory, but either way, this is what it is. But as he's making this list, he kind of looks over, and there's Terabeth just looking over him, all mangled as usual. As his parents like, are, is my name on that list? Better fucking be <laughs> Why on is it at the bottom, Riley? <laughs> Seems like it needs to be at the top. This is all happening as the parents are boogieing the night away. So Riley, he must have had to walk right past him. <laughs> like, excuse me, coming through. <laughs> and leaves the house and meets up at, with Aaron for coffee on her porch. And Warren and Lisa row out in the boat. I, I think they're going to the uppers. And, yeah. and they make out in the boat. And then we get a flashback to the church. And this is far, apparently the next Sunday. I don't know if it's the next day. I, I assume it's the next Sunday. Uh, the... Pews are all full at the church, and everyone is smiling at Father because everybody heard about the miracles, so they're all coming to St. Patrick. Riley and Aaron share a flirty look while they're on the kneeling things, so that's weird. Millie gets her communion and at her house, and she just kind of heads right back on upstairs again, like, cool, we got to <laughs> go upstairs. Um, then we get a flash of Ali and the, and the sheriff are praying at their house, and Bev returning the big can of poison to the closet again. And I was like, why? Why are you constantly playing with poison? What is wrong with you? So then, yeah, so this is this is playing out like over several days. I don't know if it, whatever. So we go to, now we're at an AA meeting where Riley has brought his list. Then we see Joe, drunk Joe and the sheriff are sharing coffee in the cell because apparently Joe had to drink it or drink it, sleep it off again. Lisa and her dad are going door-to-door with flyers about her miraculous recovery. And I was like, you want to tell me that that town of, like, 12 people didn't already know? Like, you got to, you had to flyer the town? <laughs> they had to make a flyer. And so, Where are they making that flyer? At the at, at the Crock-Pot copy shop, please. Yep. They got a, fe- they got a FedEx up there somewhere. <laughs> you know they have a Kinko's. They're not good. That's what, that's the one I was looking for, not a FedEx. So now we get flashed to the church again, and it is packed full. There is not a room to spare in any of those pews. And this is why I said the music's getting on a playlist, because I, I enjoy it. And then we flash on Riley helping Aaron build a crib, and then Mom and Dad are still fucking dancing before going off to the bedroom, because this has got her all sorts of riled up. Yeah. Okay, so we're at church again. We don't know when this is but Uker and Warren are getting the stuff ready and Father Paul tells them to make sure they fill up the cruets because there's a crowd out there and Warren's like do we have another bottle there used to be some laying around but I haven't seen them recently I was like maybe you've just been using them up because there's 18,000 people mm-hmm. there today Father Paul says don't worry about it I'll take care of it Warren and Uker start to walk out into this hallway but Warren realizes that the little incense globe thingy isn't lit so he goes back into the prep room where he sees father paul pouring something from a small flask into the cup 
they both like don't even acknowledge right. that at all. And he's just like, I need a lighter. And he tosses it to Warren. And he's like, let's go. Show's on. And Father Paul's giving the homily now. And he's talking about eternity and forever and how it's such an abstract concept to us, but not to God. And he's talking about turning bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ and how that's totally real. It's not at all abstract and not real. It definitely happens. And walking on water and rising from the dead. Yep, all that absolutely happened because God said so. So, hey, eternal life. Guess what, you guys? That's totally real, too. And Riley's face looks like he could not be any less convinced, even though the rest of the congregation is eating this up. Father says the elephant in the room is this miracle and how he performed it. And he says, if you came here for answers, so sorry, I don't have any. But what we do have are mysteries and miracles. And hey, that's almost as good as answers. Am I right? (laughs) And then he says, as adults, we don't really like mysteries, do we? He says, we're uncomfortable not knowing. But as a child, man, that's where it's at. Because as a child, you just believe anything. And he says, that's where the word of God is received without question and when mysteries are totally cool. And he pauses for a second and he's, he looks like he's not feeling quite right. He says, so sorry, I had a little dizzy spell, but I'm fine now. He says, the more we know, the less we bend. I thought that was an, I, I thought that was uh, cool too. an interesting, yeah. And he says, anyway, the redemption and the miracles that will happen on Crockett Island, these are abstract concepts, but they are real. They're reality. And then he staggers and passes out. And he, man, he sells that because he goes tumbling down those stairs. <laughs> and they run and get the doctor because, oh, my God, father. Father. So then, I don't remember. He, father's back in the confessional, um, you know, where he's spilling all the tea. And he's telling this <laughs> to absolutely no one yep. but God himself. Yep. So he's telling the story of Saul, who later became Paul. And I didn't write any of that down because it was Bible, Bible, Bible. And I, and I, whatever. So he's talking about how Monsignor wandered from his tour group and somehow wandered right out into the desert. Like, just bye. In the middle of nowhere. Yep. <laughs> And it wasn't this funny how he was certain to die on the road to Damascus. And then, out of nowhere, a sandstorm comes up. I was like, Father, is not having a great day. They And then they had been talking about how storms had been happening in a lot and had somehow unearthed ancient ruins in the deserts, ruins long sealed in the earth. So the father, as he's just like holding his hat and stumbling around in the desert, he stumbles upon this cave. So he decides to go in there for shelter. He doesn't have enough, much common sense left, but he knows he needs to get out and get into the shelter. So we quickly cut back to Doc Sarah is at the rectory examining the father who's saying, there's nothing wrong. He's fine. She's like, well, your heart rate and your temper elevated. It's almost like you're fighting a virus. Plus you're dehydrated. So... This is when Bab goes over to the sink and gets him a big drink of water. And then Father turns to Sarah and says, you know, you're really good at taking care of people. You take care. You are a comfort to this island. And then he says, I'm proud of you. And I was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, Tiffany was right. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. So after he says that about being proud of her, Bev hands him a glass of water and she's like, I'm canceling all your afternoon appointments. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. Well, I mean, there's some I can't miss. Wink, wink. Right, Sarah? Because he's got to get his Millie back. How's your mom doing? (laughs) (laughs) She's looking hot. (laughs) Gross. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we're at the sheriff's house and he's making lunch for Ollie. And as he does, He's like throws a sandwich on the, on the counter and notices that there's a Bible in his backpack. 
Dun, dun, dun. My kid's reading the Bible. Not on my watch. All right, so we're at Joe's now, and he's watching the sports and drinking a beer, and someone starts loudly banging on the door, and he is pissed, like, who the fuck's at my house? And he yanks open the door, and he looks like he is physically pushed backward. He recoils so hard, and it's Lisa. She's standing up, and he's like, what the hell's going on? Am I dead? And he looks like he's seeing a ghost. She walks over to his TV and turns it off. She notices a shotgun hanging on the wall, and she asks him, is that the one? And he says, no, that's my grandfather's. I threw that one, meaning the one that shot her, into the bay after it happened. I couldn't stand to look at it. She looks around the place, and it's a real dump, and says, that's just how I pictured it. And then she starts to tell him the story of what she was doing that day. She was walking around with her dad because that's when he talked to her the most. And then, boom, she was on the ground. And she didn't feel anything, but her dad was screaming like an animal. And when she realized how much she couldn't feel, that's when she got really scared. And she says, I hate you, Joe Colley. I want you to hurt and I want you to suffer. I want you to beg for my forgiveness so that I can say no. And when I say this place is exactly how I pictured it, I mean it's exactly what I hoped it would be. And he says, I'm sorry. And she screams, damn right, you're sorry. You stole from me who I was and who I could have been. And she says, you reached through time. That one got me. That one, oh, that got me. And she says, and all that is true, but that's not why I came here today. I came here today to say, I forgive you. And Joe just loses it. She says, I forgive you and I see you and I'm still angry, but it's different now. Because the only thing standing between you and a better life is you. The only thing standing in my way was hate. And then she quotes Proverbs. She says, whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes the city. And she says, do you know what Proverbs means? It means wisdom and knowledge. So if God can forgive you, then I can forgive you. And if I can forgive you, then anyone can. And he just starts sobbing and she leaves. It was super powerful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, this next scene. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. I have, it's a school board meeting, question mark. I don't think it is. I think it's just That's a. I was like, is this PTA? It's some kind on? of parent meeting. Um, The sheriff has raised the concern that Bev is teaching the Bible in school. <laughs> she, oh, she's so irritating in this mm-hmm. freaking thing. She says, well, I haven't taken a curriculum away. I've just added and she said, I can see, given your current religious affiliation, why you'd find your son's interest in the Bible offensive. And she said, why wouldn't you want him to learn about Jesus? This is when the sheriff comes back with some straight up, he drops some knowledge on mm-hmm. her. He's like, he knows about Jesus. Muslims believe Jesus is a prophet of God and the Bible was revealed to him. We love Jesus. We also believe after the time of Jesus, after the interference of man, there were deviations in Christianity. People, popes, kings, they all altered the message. That's why there's so many versions of the Bible. And I was like, King James Version, anyone? Mm. <laughs> He's like, people got in there and made changes. We believe that the Bible still has some of the original messages of God. But we also believe that God revealed the Quran as the final message, never to be altered. And Bev is like in a snit. She's like, I don't think this is the place to discuss where our beliefs about scriptures might diverge. And he's like, yeah, that's the fucking point, you <laughs> stupid lady. Anyways, so um, he's like, Muslims encourage everyone to seek knowledge. I'm thrilled my son is interested. But what's concerning is this is a public school. The Bible was distributed to the kids. Think about how you'd feel if, if you sent your kid to school and they were handed a copy of the Quran. 
you would feel it was an issue. And this is Aaron butts in and she's like, yes, this is a public school and he's 100% right. She's like, I want, you know, you guys know I belong to the same church you guys do, but I'm not about reading scripture in homeroom. And Bev just cuts everybody off. She's always got to answer for everything. And she says, people of faith, we are all the same cloth. And it was never my intention to disrespect anyone. Having a Bible present, why well, it's like a science book or a history book. And Aaron's like, it's actually very different. <laughs> Bev says, well, she may read an inspiring passage in homeroom, but she's not evangelizing. She's just sharing her faith with the children in the hopes they might be inspired. I'd be happy if we had a Muslim staff member who quoted the Quran as long as it wasn't offensive which it can be at times. And that's not an attack, Sheriff. And I was like, wow, she, I hate her so much. I, I know. The Old Testament has passages not suitable for children. I bet everything before I quote it. And she's like, I'm just providing them an option to learn. What's next? Burning books? I was like, oh, oh my gosh. She would be the first one burning books. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, what's, what's going on in the island? We are living in miraculous times. So, if the kids can't discuss that in, in school, well, I don't even know. And then everybody, like, does the, the big clap, like, this is an 80s movie. And I was like, what the frick is happening? <laughs> Ew. Oh, God. So, somehow Aaron and Riley have met up after this school board meeting or this concerned parents meeting, whatever. They're walking around the island together and she's telling him how uncomfortable she was in this meeting because Bev is such a bitch. And then she's like, so how are you, Riley? How are you? How are you? She says, how are things going? He says, slowly. I'm having trouble approaching people directly for this amends thing. So he's been writing letters. Uh, But I did do my fearless moral inventory and I found out I'm a coward. So that's fun. (laughs) And she says, don't talk about my friend like that. And then they do a little light flirting. I call it light flirting. Mm -hmm. Over at the doctor's, mama is out of her bed again. And Sarah's like, okay, we're going to tie you to the bed if you keep doing this. And her mom turns around and looks at her. Like, she's seeing her for the first time in forever. And she says, Sarah, where have I been? I've been someplace dark, but it's like I woke up and there you are, my beautiful daughter. And Sarah says, Mom? Like, she realizes that her mind is back and they hug and her mom looks around. She's like, when did you move me into the living room? She's like, not cool. Do you know that you're in my room upstairs? It's super weird. (laughs) Can you stop changing things? Okay, great. So we're at an AA meeting again. And Riley walks in because he's been walking with Aaron. He's like, sorry, I'm late. And then he notices someone else in the room and it's Joe. And Father Paul says, told you we'd catch on. We're a trio now. And Riley says, hey, Joe. And Joe's like, so much for the anonymous part. Hardy heart. <laughs> so Joe is talking to them about how Lisa came to visit him and about after she left, he started walking around the island and he ended up at St. Patrick's since he heard that's a happening place, I guess. Father Paul says, okay, so Lisa's forgiven you, and I heard your confession today, so God has forgiven you. Who's that leave, Joe? Hmm? (laughs) He's like, what do you think, Riley? And Riley's like, well, I don't think I'm in a position to say anything about anyone's drinking. And Father's like, nope, nope, mm mm-mm, it's bullshit. Sorry, I'm sorry, that's bullshit. It's bullshit. God damn it, don't bullshit me, Riley. Just say something inspiring to Joe right now, god damn it. 
So Riley says something dumb like, oh, Joe, you're here. And like, that's a really big step. And it's like, tomorrow, you got to find your purpose. Today, coming to the meeting was your thing. Tomorrow, you know, you'll find something else. So they leave. And as soon as the door closes, Father Paul is on the floor hacking up a lung again. Not doing well, that poor Father Paul. I know. I was like, he's got the liquid poops and he is not here for Riley's crap today. (laughs) (laughs) Poor father. He shouldn't have had that coffee at the meeting. That's just going to get things running. I tell you what. So Joe and Riley are, I guess Riley's walking Joe home, even though Joe, from what I understand, lives on the opposite side of everybody on the island. He's like out in the middle of nowhere. But they're walking and they're talking about the rec center and how, and Joe says how it should have been called the Bev Keen's money laundry because, you know, everybody knows she ran all that money through the rec center. And he's like, I never thought I'd step foot in that building. Thought I'd die in this island before stepping inside. But being there under this circumstance, maybe my life would be worth something else. I guess you, you can just never assume. And Ryan's like, yeah, I'm glad you were there. Can we just, like stop this interaction now? I really want to go home. And then Joe's like, wait. You are really glad I was there. <laughs> Thanks. I <laughs> kind of like you too. <laughs> and he's like, and then he's like, breaks down his whole story. He's like, the only person I ever gave a damn about was my sister. She left the island a long time ago and she never understood why I stayed. And he says that he didn't leave because it felt too easy to leave. I shouldn't be able to leave after what I did. I'm a glutton for punishment, which I can kind of get. I mean, I was thinking, you know, I would have left too, but it just, that's a pretty easy thing to do. Then he says, my sister died a few weeks back. Her kids buried her on the mainland. I didn't even make an effort to go see her. And then he didn't go to the funeral. He's like, I couldn't go then, but I think I can go now. Then he says, does it ever get different for people like us? And Riley's like, no, I don't think so. Nothing around us changes. Maybe if we work really hard, then maybe we become different, or at least it feels different. And so they shake hands on becoming different people. Yay. Good for them. So Sheriff and Ollie are praying once again before bed, like they do every night. And then as they get done, Ollie asks, I was wondering if it would be cool if I went to church on Sunday, kind of just check it out. You know, everybody from school's doing it. All the cool kids are... And Sheriff's like, um, no. And he's like, well, why not? He's like, because you're not a Christian and that's super weird. And Ollie comes back with, well, I didn't choose this life. You, you made me, you know, be a Muslim. I didn't want to do that. But I didn't want to move here. You decided all that. And then he says, you decided to become Muslim for mom. And you moved here because your precinct was too racist. And I was like, more racist than the island? Jeez. And he's like, well, things are happening here, Dad, if you haven't noticed. And the sheriff's like, yes, Lisa's misdiagnosis is compelling. (laughs) It's like, wow. Oh, my God. And Ollie's like, well, it's a miracle. All my friends said so. And the sheriff's like, well, that's not how it works. And then he's like, do you know what it does? And he grabs the mom's picture and he says, do you know what pancreatic cancer does to someone? Would you like me to tell you? Because I don't want you to ever know what she went through. He's like, so I bear that for both of us. She kept her faith until the very last moment. And if God really worked that way, if he decided he would heal some people and not others, if he gave Lisa a miracle but let a child die of a brain tumor on the mainland, that's not how it works. That's not how God works. No matter how exciting the stories are, it's not magic. And I was like, oh, this is my thing with church. And then he says, kiss your mother. We can talk more tomorrow. And then he flips off a light. And as he's flipping off the light, there's a face in the window and he screams, fuck. And I was like, sheriff is me at every moment of every day. And, and I love that he, Ollie's like, what happened? 
<laughs> and he's like, nothing, never mind. And just leaves. I was like, you're the fucking sheriff. Go outside. See if there's somebody out I, there. I have in all capitals, close your damn curtains at night. It's truth. So we're at the rectory now. There's a plumber in there. He's working on the sink. And Lisa's parents are there with Bev, and they're planning a community dinner for Father Paul. Just then, Father Paul stumbles in the door, falls to the floor. He's seizing. There's blood and shit coming out of his mouth. He's foaming. And then he just stops. And the mayor checks his pulse, and he's dead. Everyone in there is horrified. This plumber is like, what the fuck just happened? And then the screen goes black, and I was like, I grabbed the remote control. Me too. Like, oh, damn. And then I was like, oh, wait, it's not over. Well, he, so he died back- just like the dog. The same foam. Yes. Coming out mm-hmm. of his same mouth. Same foam and the, yeah. Bleh. So now we're back with Father Paul in the confessional telling the story of Monsignor in the cave. And Monsignor's in the cave. We see him lighting matches and then the match goes out. And then he lights a match and he sees that creature with the eye shine in this corner. And then this is such a horror movie thing mm-hmm. where the match burns out and then he lights another one and then it's like, boom, this creature this winged creature is right on top of him and it tackles him and starts biting his neck it's sucking out blood and father paul is saying that the fear and pain was being drained from his body and as he's been telling the story across the whole episode we've seen these plaques of these like stills of the story up on the wall and they're laid out just like the stations of the cross oh, if you've ever seen that i haven't so that's that's cool and which are in a lot of churches they're, they're not just catholic but there are 14 of them and they show the events of the last day of Jesus's life and they have that number at the bottom so I don't think they got to 14 I think it was like nine so I'm like oh is this the end of the story we don't know but anyway after the creature stands up the Monsignor thinks that this is an angel and then the angel cuts its wrists and makes Monsignor drink from it then the next morning the storm has passed and Monsignor realizes that this isn't a cave that he sought refuge in this was a really ancient church And, oh, and incidentally, he's super young again. So, yay. And he says, I knew I had to find a way to bring this angel to Crocodile and to to where it's needed. So he packed it up with a bunch of antiquities, I guess, in that trunk. And then he just crossed his fingers and prayed for the best that it would make it to Crockett Island. Well, he moved across, like, Jerusalem, just going from spot to spot, letting the angel fly and catch up. And then he got oh, to a point where he, so creepy. he had to put it in the trunk. I think probably when he got on the boat, he had to put it in the trunk and then bring it home. And then, so then he says, sorry for the lies that I have to tell in your service. So then it immediately flips back to dead father on the ground who's got his eyes are bright red with filled with blood. And all of a sudden he gasps and sits up. Everybody in that room screams. I don't blame him. Um, And Bev starts screaming, thank God, it's a miracle. And the Scarboroughs are beside themselves like, what the fuck is this week, man? I can't handle it. So as Bev is holding the father's head as he's coming back around, the camera kind of pans over onto the wall. And what was hanging on the wall is a framed newspaper clipping about the renovations on the church when it was like however many years ago and then as it comes in closer we see a very young monsignor standing in front of the church and it's father paul and this is what bev saw earlier when she was staring at it so she had to poison him just to see just to confirm what she was seeing did you hear that she called him monsignor she actually calls him monsignor twice does she really yeah she says monsignor oh thank god it's a miracle and yeah so she knows at this point 
Yep. I missed that. Yeah. Actually, my husband pointed it out to me the first time because I've seen it twice now. And he was like, did you hear? She called him Monsignor. And I was like, no, I didn't. But when I went back to take notes, I was like, yep, she actually calls him Monsignor twice. Ooh, I'm going to have to point that out tonight. My kids and I watch it and then I go back and I take notes on it. And so, yeah, I'll have to point that out before we watch four. Because when the mayor, like, backed up and took his glasses off, I couldn't tell. I was like, is he just amazed that he just came back to life like he literally just saw another miracle or did he catch also that she keeps calling him monsignor and now not only did he see father paul come back to life but now he realizes oh shit this is monsignor i don't know but yeah i want to know why he still has to wear glasses when they're all aging backwards he i mean yeah like, had some really bad ass i say when they were younger too apparently so when is the spider-man phenomenon gonna hit him i know it's not fair. Well, we all know that Annie Flynn has magic powers, so she's special. MCU, here she comes. Uh, Yeah, very excited to watch episode four. I think we're going to watch it tonight. So that is episode three of Midnight Mass. And yeah, it started off a little bit slow, but holy cow, there was a lot in that jam-packed yeah i thought that the this episode was really slow but it was just so much stuff and then like when the, when he fell and he died i was like what the fuck just happened <laughs> what are the rest of these episodes gonna be and then yeah okay i see you i knew he couldn't be dead because i've seen a still of something like where he's wearing a gold something he's wearing a color shazable that he hasn't worn yet and i was like so i know that he's like Maybe it was a red one. I don't remember. But I was like, he can't be dead. But I thought they would end this episode with him being dead and then maybe the next right. episode. But I was, I was like, oh, shit, it's not over. Okay. Do you think it's an angel or do you think it's a demon? I don't think it's an angel. I don't. I don't think it is either. I don't know what it is, but I don't think it's an angel. I don't think an angel just is like. <laughs> <laughs> What's that exactly? How does that I go exactly? <laughs> I can't do it now. This made my throat hurt. Yeah, it just didn't seem very angel-like to me. Maybe I, again, am leaning too heavily on my supernatural frame of reference. I don't know. I think the fact that when, okay, he rips out, the angel thing rips out his throat, and then Father Monsignor starts reciting the Lord's Prayer, Mm -hmm. and then that's when the creature, like, looked down at him and then slit its wrist and let him drink from him, and I was like, oh, is it because he's praying? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think it might be a demon. I think it's something. That's my guess. It's something. That's my guess. And then they obviously are getting, he's like milking that thing for blood and giving it to everybody in town in communion so that they all get younger, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That was had to be what was in that flask is that thing's blood. And then like when they first got there, like did he just not not know who would be cool to eat? So he was like, look, I know where there's a lot of cats. (laughs) I know it's not ideal, but just in the meantime, until I start teasing out who the shit bags are around here. (laughs) So, yeah. All right, everyone. Well, if you want to let us know, uh, hmm, let me think. What's what's the food that gives you instant diarrhea? <laughs> <laughs> what's your Taco Bell cheesy gordita? <laughs> you can let us know in several different places, like where Tiffany. Because I love to know these things. Please, you can go to Facebook or Instagram at That's So Original Podcast. You can go to our website at That's So Original Podcast at 
dot com. Yep, that's the one. You can <laughs> you can email us at that's so original podcast at gmail.com. That's what I wanted to do with the website. I do that every time. Yeah, yeah. Or you can go to Twitter at that's so pod. Um you can also like us and review us on iTunes, follow us on Spotify. We want to hear from you. We've been out here for a while now and you guys haven't said anything to us and it's getting very lonely. Because now we have to talk to each other and that's weird. I know, it's weird. Yeah. So if you could, hey, make us a trio. If we could go from Father Paul and Riley to Father Paul, Riley and Joe, if they can do it, we can do it. So, you know, let's bring someone else into the fold. Talk to us. We need a friend. We need a third. We'll keep it anonymous. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you don't... We... Like, really, like, way more than than AA on the island. <laughs> right. Actual and anonymous. Yeah, or if you are listening and you're like, these girls are super funny, you know what else you could do? You could tell a friend of yours who you know also likes to watch random shit on these streaming services and be like, you know who's funny? And watch this stuff you might be interested in. Kelly and Tiffany, you should check it out. We would really appreciate that. We also want to hear your your thoughts on Squid Game because we've talked about it a lot. Oh, yes. And we both enjoyed it very much. So if you're watching Squid Game, let us know. And we want to know, are you a dubber or not a dubber? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. If you're a dubber, we have to talk. We're not friends. No. No. How could you do that? Um, I need to know theories about what you think is going to happen in season two because I have a couple. Ooh. Uh-huh. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. And we got to go pick up our children. So we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Boom. We did it. Bye.